0: explore life, because we make jackets for exploring life, so I managed to make that connection. Um, we talk to interesting people about their opinions and lives, and it's just a nice chat, because nice proper chats with all the frillings is something I think we miss in today's society. So I'm Nick Hussey, I'm the founder of Fram and the idiot you hear on the podcast, and this week we have Anna Koska, who is an illustrator and artist mum and super super cool person i really really enjoyed chatting to her and i wish i could have spent more time with her uh it was a fair old drive and i'd get back for my kids but it was just just the right thing at the right time for me um, a really solid sorted funny person uh, very wise who uh, at a time i'm really seeking chilling out just nailed it for me. I think it's a really fun chat, um, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: I just can't imagine anybody eating a slug, but possibly slugs, but it's more likely going to be small voles whose holes have been exposed, or with a lot of rain that we've had, it might even be worms that have come to the surface. And it's... Look, 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 there's the other one.
0: Are they a mating pair?
1: No, mum and, mum and uh, son, or, you know, the other way around, or whatever sex they are. It's parent and youngster.
0: Wow. Um, so we are sat in Anna Koska's um, back garden watching buzzards Look. flying around. Um, and uh, my dog, Lily, has finally found peace with one of Anna's dogs, uh, Billy, whose sex I keep getting wrong. Billy is a lady. Um, Billy's 12 months old, she's a lurcher. And then, Ozzy?
1: No, the other one's called Chewy. And right. He's put his pipe and slippers... Firmly in place, and he's hiding.
0: Okay, oh, dear. Chewy is 12 years old, and he's jet ross he Jumped straight into my car, and uh, and mobbed Lily. So it's all very cute. Um, there's a very very old 17 year old cat who I completely missed earlier, and apparently there's lots of other animals. So it's very very nice and idyllic, and these buzzards are oh really close. Oh my god!
1: They are. T- I'm so glad you're here to see this. Isn't that outrageous? So the top one there is literally corpses. <coughs> <caught feathers. laughs> Billy, shush. Lily, hush, hush, shush. So the top one there has caught the thermals and the other one below is working her way or his way around to get up as high as the one that's leading the pack up there. And if my husband was here, he would say, yep, that's what we do in paragliding
0: cool what paragliding paraglides can climb
1: they can i mean i i'm just starting out in paragliding i've done half of my course so far so what i do is i'm absolutely over the moon and thrilled i catch a thermal but i don't know how i did it so my next half will be learning how i did it
0: So what we do in this podcast is we just have a chat and we always start, which is my strange predilection, with uh, asking what used to be the thing I'd always ask in the pub, which is, what do you want, how are you doing? Um, And uh, we're not in a pub, we're in your back garden, because (laughs) it's so lovely and... um, I think a pub is a concept. It is a concept around sociability and just having a chat. And that chat can be about heavy stuff or light stuff or whatever. But I think that's something that we all need and desire in our lives and we lose sometimes, particularly in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, both of us moved to the countryside now. Um, and so, yeah, the pub is a concept about sociability. It's not like about it. getting pissed. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: what are you having, Anna? I'd like a cup of metaphorical tea that's literally overflowing with more experiences. And at 52 now, I want to make sure I cram as much in.
0: It's quite unusual to hear a woman say her age so easily it doesn't in fact me. it's quite unusual to say it, hear anyone say their age so easily <laughs> i grew up where my mum i mean my mum is literally still 35 no oh. she's not literally still 35 because that would be weird <laughs> <Plus. but>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I, I it doesn't bother me i'm yeah well it is what it is i've got wrinkles i've got all the rest of it and you know i think talking about it the more you talk about it the more easy it gets but there's so much to tell us that we're past it beyond a certain age and that's terribly tragic and i'm determined not to feel past it in any shape or form so it's more like a you know let's get comfortable let's talk about it
0: are you enjoying being 51
1: yes i am i'm really genuinely i'm not saying it to boost my own um, view of the years that have been in my 40s and 30s but these years are so much more chilled I'm much more comfortable in my skin than I used to be. 30s and 40s, 40s weren't so bad. 40s, I made a decision not to be so stressed about people um, not liking me. Because I think in your 20s and 30s, you're so keen, Mm. not to be popular, but to not butt up against someone who doesn't like you, because that really worries you that you might not be liked and come my 40s I thought oh fuck this for a game of soldiers you know it really shouldn't matter sadly it still did in my 40s (laughs) (laughs) because of this thing called social media you're you're presenting yourself and whether you like it or not you do get affected by people's feedback yeah and now my 50s it's like oh god really did I
0: but I mean, I've talked about this in every podcast so far. It's it's this very strange thing where if in a pub somebody came up to you and said, I don't like your art because that's what you do you're an illustrator. Yeah. um, If people don't know. But if somebody said, I don't like your art and I don't like you, first of all you'd be really shocked and secondly that would really stay with you like, oh my god they like they dislike me that much that they but said they to my
1: actually face? got up and made a point of coming over to me yeah it'd be quite unstable but, but if they actually. just
0: say it to you on social media it still sticks with you um it does
1: it does it still has an effect
0: and um i think this is one of the reasons that i want wanted to do podcasts we, we talked quite a while before we started and it all felt like really good stuff for the podcast so i i just thought i'd crack on but one of the things we're talking about is why i was doing a podcast and, and that is about having just normal flowing conversations mm. and and not and, and and this pub is this this concept of a pub is this location mm. for podcasts and it's an important place to think of it as being in
1: it's a community but, kind
0: of thing you know, but there are yeah. rules as yeah. well and a community in a bad way, the rules are that people will oust you if you're not a Christian or a Muslim, yes, whatever quite, community you're in. Yeah, absolutely. But also, it, those rules are important because um, there are certain boundaries you should have in relationships, whether they're with strangers or, or with people you know. And mm. much as I'm a sort of moderate liberal, much I like the thought of there being no boundaries at all, <laughs> um, if, we, if we didn't have that, we'd all end up killing each other. Um, yeah, there
1: would be too much said And you can't take it back, unfortunately As we've all learned
0: So, as usual, we jumped in Which is always a good sign um, The other thing is, how are you? Like, how are you properly at the moment? Properly? Um, Shut up, Lily
1: I'm in um. a... A place of ease, actually Cool I've got lots of crap going on, I've got um, The eldest is now at university And I've got lots of friends specifically girlfriends saying oh my god your house its becoming empty and um, yeah there is that aspect and I suppose to get your head around the fact that you don't have to make that quantity of food <laughs> um, each day does on a very practical level take a while to get used to I still cook for five a whole
0: pack of fish I fingers I
1: fucking cook for five <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually no I'm, I'm enjoying this transition I've got my middle one who's starting her gap year i've got my youngest 15 who's at school who i just met no she's 18 oh okay yeah yeah. she'll be delighted to hear that you thought she was 15 (laughs) (laughs) already oh my god is that a problem already (laughs) believe me there are there are kids in her year or you know not necessarily her friends who are talking about liposuction and
0: your son is 15 my son's 15
1: okay but at 18 there are kids in her year that are already worrying about boob jobs and wrinkles it's bonkers it is but that's you know I'm pointing at our phones here that is social media for you
0: and and this is something else we talked about is this sort of thing with social media where you know I still think we are finding the rule I mean everyone's talking about it a lot Mm. and especially parents about finding rules um, and, and we haven't found a happy medium yet and I I, so for instance I, I, I said on Twitter the other day just I like asking people questions getting responses well, one was what's your favourite social media platform or least favourite and somebody said Instagram and I went oh no no Instagram's lovely I really like Instagram it's really nice and creative and your, your Instagram's really it's
1: nice. spiky though it has an, a really but you, you go outside sword. your
0: bubble and suddenly it's it's airbrushed over sexualised images from, of men and women yeah um are unrealistic lifestyles and you know I, I go to the gym I actually one of those weird people actually really enjoys going to the gym but I go to the gym to work really hard and I get a boost from that mm. and I go to the gym and I see a lot of younger guys I now go to a gym above a school where no guy under 40 would ever go because it's really uncool but it that has is. the same stuff so yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my old gym was uh, was a university gym oh my and, a totally different ball game yeah so 18 to 22 year old Blokes, a lot of whom are elite athletes, and they, they're all pristine. These guys are hairless, which really freaks me out. I mean, that's just a generational <laughs> thing. And they're all massive, and that's it's a rugby university, so but, yeah. but all, they're all massive. Even the ones who clearly aren't elite athletes are massive. Some are definitely taking performance enhancing hand- hand- drugs because yeah. there's no way they could look that yeah. like that otherwise. And, their hair is perfect and their beards are perfect i have
1: to ask i have to ask the critical question right. you've mentioned their hair are we talking all over hair are men are the hairless kind of now that stand there in just in their birthday suit totally comfortable with offering people a full frontal view <laughs> while they stand there spraying after
0: um after whatever i think armpits. that's a jock thing so i'm i'm not a jock and i no, always I used to I be wasn't embarrassed about that,
1: but are in the in the in the university gym was that how they were parading basically.
0: well, this, well my, the way I was going with that is is there are some blokes who are just you know alpha and want to
1: yeah
0: wave their wang around because that's a thing they do and they were doing that when I, I was a teenager as well mm. uh, and I was never one of those kids so I, I was I was kind of trying to get dressed underneath a towel in the corner, um, but uh, and also I, I, ironically, given the conversation, I used to shave my legs, so I was a racing cyclist. Of
1: course, so
0: so I was the shaved weirdo. No? Yeah, like it was your fifteen right for
1: ribbing, absolutely. and you're in
0: school and you've got shaved legs. It's like what the
1: fuck is that? <laughs> um,
0: so that wasn't good. There's
1: a certain area, that it's flipped to the chest now, isn't there?
0: So now. Men are hairless In like I'm not I'm not sort of saying Mate can you just um, Show me your bum-, bum cheeks I just want to check How far you But I've had <laughs> conversations With blokes now Like Now Most of the men I know um, Go as hairless as they can Wow And I find that Really weird
1: Wow that's sad actually so I, m- That's actually really sad Well yeah Not that I'm a, Not that I'm Into hair I just think it's it's a, it's a It's The fact that the focus Is so internalised On worrying about that much hair it's just the balance is wrong
0: so I'm not a particularly hairy man I do my wife does trim my back (laughs) once a month because I've as I get older I start getting hairy back Um, but I I have sort of Okay um, <laughs> but I definitely don 't trim my bits, Thanks. and I definitely don 't trim my bum and <laughs> um, <laughs> i 've never had a Brazilian, and the thought of that is so oh, humiliating as well but I have shaved my legs, but that was a sporting thing, i believe but but I just. But I think it's the, for me, it's the vanity. And I I, I can be vain. I I like to, you know, Mm. have a decent haircut and wear nice clothes. Um, But but for me, it's an overriding vanity. And what I'm trying to get my head around is, is this just the way the world has moved and I'm just behind it? Or is this part of now greater pressure on men to look fantastic?
1: I think it's the latter. And that's what I think is so sad. But in a way, it's also becoming more and more critical because that... Pressure has been, I think, on women for an awfully long time. Yes.
0: Yeah, so far you know, greater.
1: Dare I say it? It's actually the guys are now having that pressure. And they're probably a bit more understanding about the ridiculous pressure that's been on us for, hmm. you know, since time immemorial, really.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think I wouldn't I think,
1: want it on anybody, but it's it's an equal understanding is no bad thing.
0: So, what, so these it can go two ways. It can either be that men will empathise with women uh, and will will together find a happier medium, yeah. or everyone will just end up more vain and more sort of worrying about their image and it will just make everyone worse which is probably where we are right now is it's, think, it's going to get worse before it gets better
1: i think you're right i think you're right i mean i'm looking at um, thinking of my kids in particular you know 20 and 18 the older ones and um i'm not necessarily thinking of a social group but i'm talking about the instagram group of that age level and i know that um it's all they worry about and if my kids are exposed to that on a daily basis mm. an hourly basis even because everyone's flicking through checking the phones you've got whatsapp snapchat and you've got instagram and invariably it's very hard to remove yourself from that pressure it used to be just the magazines you found in the doctor's surgery that you used to flick through but it's mm. now in your face so it can't possibly get better before it hits peak bad and I think we're heading up to peak bad first sadly
0: yeah Oh, bugger. Um, now, I never explained this before the podcast starts so everyone just looks at me confused. You have to ask me the same questions. What, am I, what are you having? How are you doing?
1: Okay. We're sitting here in this metaphorical pub. Because,
0: it's very because I don't not because I need to answer the questions no, necessarily. Like. Yeah. Just because it's supposed to be a mutual thing, because that helps everyone.
1: Sort of. Yeah. No. 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 I understand. I understand that. So we're sitting in this metaphorical pub with a beautiful view. The buzzers have gone now, and I know you got a cup of tea in front of you, and I hope it was the right colour, by the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's sort of dark enough. feel grey.
1: I'm asking you what you're having.
0: Um. So, I'd actually really like a frozen margarita. <laughs> 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 but I drove across the country I drove from the southwest England to southeast England So I don't really want to do that um, I had it right off gin. The day.
1: It, it would but if I was to stuff you Full of homemade bread and cheese We could sort of pad you out internally So hopefully if I was to feed you A rhubarb gin and vodka Around lunchtime Then you probably wouldn't necessarily feel the after effects So we could mm. go That's very there
0: I'm going, I'm going to skip it But mm. I um, uh, no. I, I pretty much don't drink now One of the... Because I had a bit of a sort of cataclysm last year, on on my scale, not on a worldly scale... um I, you reassess a lot of your life, and one of the things I reassessed over time—it took a while—because drinking, is, if you're really stressed out, drinking is quite a nice thing in the evenings to sort of chill you out. And but I was getting quite portly, and I also noticed that I was, when I drink, I, I just get very sullen. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a social. I'm not a. I'm not a happy drinker. Right. neither am I I'm not a violent or, an, or, or a really weepy drinker I just become very internalised and quiet and usually fall asleep which is why I drink but anyway it wasn't a problem my dad was an alcoholic and it was a problem so I was terrified I've always been terrified of becoming an alcoholic so I've yeah. always been quite moderate with my drinking anyway um, a couple of drinks a night just sort of tuts up so so at the beginning of this year not really a resolution I just decided that was the time I'd pretty much stopped drinking and I probably drink three drinks a week Mm-hmm. And what really freaked me out was the difference. I mean, it's really scary, the difference, because I just thought I might be a bit brighter in the evenings and might lose a little bit of weight. But I, I instantly lost a lot of weight, which I think was bloating. Um, is just a generic boring thing. But what really was the difference was that suddenly my evenings became much more full, because i wasn't zonked out but then the mornings because i get up early with my kids you know the mornings i was suddenly much more engaged with my kids i was much easier to get out of bed you know i felt much brighter and ready for the day like really really starkly different after what a couple a of brilliant days. brilliant payback but it scared me because i just thought oh my god
1: this what is this stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> what does it do to you? exactly I know um it does.
0: maybe it's a function of age and i'm definitely not an- anti-alcohol i mean i've been a wine merchant and worked worked in pubs and i've got a pub for my brand but um but i just think you were talking about your age hmm. and you know i'm 45 so i'm in Sort of in a similar but not quite the same place as you in terms of my thinking, mm. and what I'm getting to at the moment, particularly in the last year, is about moderation, but not necessarily in a boring way. So what I really want access to now, what I'm really interested in, is is in what gives me genuine joy and contentment. Mm. Uh, whereas in before, I think with, with my previous company, for instance, what I was chasing was was ambition and adrenaline and things that can also be quite toxic and that can go wrong so my sort of ages of nick man were 20s is who the hell am i uh i haven't quite worked out yet but luckily i found my wife quite early in my 20s so that she really sort of was a great anchor for me because i was mm. a bit lost mm. and then 30s it's like go 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 energy career london earning money brilliant and just full-on don't really care how hard it is, I can do anything. And then 40s is when coincided with having kids and having a lot of responsibility, and then that also becoming quite difficult and eventually going wrong, but also a bunch of stuff. So basically at the 40s, I'm just working out at the moment, I think for me, it's about, uh, chilling the fuck out
1: mm.
0: Mm. and just sort of going, you know what? I don't need to be the most senior person. I don't need to have the most money. I don't mm. need to, you know, these all sound like cliches of a, a lifestyle, but it, they're cliches because they're probably true. Actually, what's important, and kids really punch you in the face with this, is is love and affection and sociability and... Contentment, and that's a really interesting word. Just go out, finish my speeches I do tend to go off on one. Is that contentment doesn't have to be about happiness with a great big grin. Mm. It's just you said it being happy in your own skin and just going. This is enough. This is good. Mm. Mm. And I very rarely had that until recently because it was always grab 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 go 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 grow grow attack sure. attack. Sure. um For whatever reason, so it's so I'm, I'm, especially having moved to the countryside, I'm probably much happier now. I think my circumstances are more difficult, but my brain is better wired.
1: So would you say that your approach to stuff is more um, more considered? You You think it through before you commit. So, for instance, if someone's approaching you with a new... I don't know a new idea or whatever it may be you definitely look at it with a lot more um, thought and experience rather than going tell yes why well why about the details later
0: I'm a real I was is a real yes person Mm. and that was where I got into trouble with Volpine my own company was I just couldn't turn opportunities down you know let's go for it why not no we'll just you know more hours let's go for it we'll always find the energy somewhere yeah and especially when you've seen that the results of energy if you just keep working really really hard then things happen you know Volpine wasn't didn't just you know the early sort of days of that were which were the really amazing first couple of years two or three years were just built off grind and just you know don't ask don't get go 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 and the thing is you become addicted to that so you think that can always last yeah for sure but it was totally exhausting it was mentally and particularly physically exhausting on top of small children and so I stupidly didn't realize I had finite resources (laughs) so you have to change the way you sort of think and do but I didn't really I, I improved somewhat but it takes a massive sort of anvil on the head to sort of To have to stop because I'm I'm a very impatient doing sort of person anyway, and I recognise that's just part of my personality. And so you have to stop, and you suddenly are quieter because you're depressed, and you sort of go, hang about, what was I doing that for? Um so now I'm still me, I'm the same me, but what I do is I have to force myself to be metered so i had a conversation with my partner in from jason yesterday and we were laughing we were talking about various bits of as we talk two or three times a week and um oh, oh and it's pointing out yeah. lily
1: just passed out at last Well, she oh, was and cute.
0: At um her. so it, he he just he started laughing and i said okay what's what now and he said the thing about you nick is you're a go 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 exhaustion stop go 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 exhaustion stop person like, you've always been like that how can we find a place where you're just you know steady <laughs> and I'd love to be that way so I'm trying to I guess what I'm I haven't got to yet but I'm hoping I'm getting to is this thing where I do a normal working week hang out with my kids and my wife and you know ride my bike and have a <laughs> normal no, if there's such a thing a normal no, life no, there
1: isn't I mean both Mark and I um pretty much work for ourselves and um We've made that choice, and with it comes the luxury of being able to drop things to pursue something for the day. For instance, if the weather's really nice and we haven't got phone calls to make and the paint's drying in the studio, we can go for a bike ride. We can do that. Mm. But with that means that there's, there's payback the other side, because we've still got to do the stuff that we were meant to be doing. So um, our kids are all older now, a lot older. And
0: um, Everyone says, oh, don't 95. worry, Nick, it gets worse. Oh.
1: But it gets so much better as well Because I mean our kids You are, get to sleep more You do Oh that's you good absolutely do <laughs> We have to nudge them awake at, You know Flora Ardis is um, an anomaly Because she wakes up at six thirty-seven o'clock And she's Boing Brilliant. Get on my bicycle Off we go She's amazing But the other two You have to literally prod them with a stick Or wave some toast in front of them that To actually yeah. get them out They're proper teenagers but, um, you know, it's not 95, it never will be. But mm. what you do find, what I found, is that you, you are able to expand time a bit more right. to the way you, you're able to mold it. And yes, you know, the shit still hits the fan in a major way, but because you know it's only you that you can blame, you're not relying on anybody else to fix it, therefore you don't have to wait for it to be fixed, you can fix it yourself. Do you know what I mean?
0: That's a really interesting involved,
1: thing you said. The more the, the more you tend to um, delegate the fixing job. Yeah. And actually, it's so much easier not to have too many people involved.
0: I, that's a really interesting thing you said. I, I think something like, ooh, there's some deer at the bottom of your garden.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not, I have to just explain to the people who are listening, it's actually a field. <laughs> We don't have a garden; it just, just we just live continues. on the, end of the field. Yeah, it's just a field. What?
0: So, what kind of deer are they?
1: Oh my god! I think they're. They're quite small. They are, but they're they are the roe deer, I think. And we right. get a herd that comes through pretty much daily. And if I can get up, you know, before six, they're there already munching. And as soon as the dogs come out, of course, it's the fun and games. <laughs> Billy is designed to take them out oh my god but she's just not interested she just wants to right. oh, thank god um she just wants the chase and then she'll turn around when they disappear mm. and carry mm. on otherwise would have lost her a long time ago
0: i um oh, hello. we were talking about so what i was going to come to was luck so i used yeah. to i always said you made, made your own luck um and And I realized last year that to an extent, luck can still sideswipe you. But, you know, I chose to grow a company that, you know, had high growth as, you know, as a sort of marker on the top. And I chose to work very, very hard, which was bad for my health. And that actually gives me a lot of comfort. So, you know, my wife and I decided to start a company, which is an inherently high risk thing to do. We chose to borrow money to build that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's not a sort of sob story. It's, it's the opposite. Is I I actually didn't have to recover from what happened because we lost. You know, it was really bad for our our setup, our family. But mm, mm. but I I never felt bad about that because I knew what we did. You know, we tried our best and it failed. Yeah. And and that's what I suppose I mean by you make your own luck. Is you know we. I, if I own my mistakes and I own my decisions, I I just feel infinitely better about things. Whereas if a, you know, if a piano fell out of an aeroplane and and killed me now, and you're sort of sat there and going what, then, I think most people. What am I saying? I think it's time for a break to muse on how badly I lose the bot here. Um, it's important to leave in the mistakes because. Life is full of them. Uh, Chats are full of uh, dead ends and getting lost and coming back. And I do sort of pull it back-ish. But anyway, um, we'll continue in a second. Um, Cup of tea, gin and tonic. See you in a sec. Luck tends to be on the real fringes. So, if you have a car accident, you're driving above the speed limit. yep you know that would be something you could own if you get oh, I don't know what am I trying to say I suppose what I've tried to do in the past, so this is the other place this is what I tend to do is I, I constantly bat. Them, backs and forwards between opinions. And I think it's because I like to test the edges. So my other opinion is actually sooner or later something in life and things in in life have always sideswiped us. You know, somebody will die, somebody will get cancer, you know, touch with God forbid, anything like that happens, but it's going to. And that to an extent is luck. And if you start saying that isn't luck because that person got cancer because they ate too much or they smoked or oh, whatever. It's a whole different thing. Oh, it's just so actually what I'm doing, going back to the sort of working out where I stand in my mid forties thing, is actually it's this compromise, this moderation is okay, accept that you make your own luck to an extent, but you ought to accept that shit's just gonna happen. And I had these very strongly held black and white views. Which I'm slowly sort of just moderating. So I'm sort of enjoying or getting into the process of moderating
1: your control. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, because I mean, I think we all want to feel that, you know, as long as we keep our finger on the pulse, everything will be fine. And actually, as you just pointed out, the shit does hit the fan. And sometimes, you know, with all the best one in the world, you can't have held and kept every single plate spinning. So at some point, one's going to fall off. And you know, I I gave a talk um, a couple of years back for the Do Lectures. Yeah, and it They're was a, great. Oh, they are wonderful, aren't they? I've
0: never been. Great. <laughs> oh, I time.
1: I know it's always. The same.
0: But I've got to sort that out. The whole time thing. But it's, anyway, carry on.
1: It's a revelationary kind of setup they've got. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah, but the, the talk was based on the fact that you know, I'm. I make a lot of mistakes. I do cock it up a lot, and I probably try to spin too many plates. But I'm now, where I'm at now is I used to really get cross about dropping the plates. Oh, I'm failure. Look what I've done. I've cocked it up again. That was my 20s and 30s and, yes, my 40s too. But now I'm getting comfortable in my skin. From what you're saying, I think it's pretty much the same thing, that it's okay. you can't have complete control all the time. All you can do is just spin them to the best of your ability and know that you've done it to the best of your ability because then if the shit does hit the fan, you can't... Regret. you can't say you can't regret because you know that you did your utmost to keep it going yeah so yes we'll cock it up i massively cock up most of the things i try my hand at
0: so what do you try your hand at so tell me t- tell well it's this conversation between us but obviously we're aware that there's people going to listen hopefully but <laughs> um what do you do
1: i am a freelance illustrator i also on the side of that which makes me no money at all Keep bees, grow my own vegetables, um, occasionally pigs. We rear pigs, or I rear pigs. Where are the pigs eat. kept? There, there's an ark you can just oh, yeah. see over there. Yeah. That moves around, and that was a wonderful thing. I'll definitely do it again. Um, not for the public consumption in terms of instagram but it was a great learning curve for all of us lots of cock-ups made pigs running right around 12 acres of woodland did
0: they go for slaughter
1: they did go for slaughter yeah and that was that
0: meat for you or would you sell it right
1: absolutely for us and i um butchered it
0: you pushed it. Mm. See, I'd really like to do that.
1: Mm. So I thought, well, my whole reason behind it was, mm. OK, the kids are all growing up. They all enjoy meat. We love a pack of bacon. It's synonymous. It's in vacuum. Mm. Little packs. And, mm. you know, we've got the land. We should take on some responsibility to, to educate not just the kids. It's a very condescending thing to say. But for us, to be honest with you, because... It's very easy to nip along to the local farm shop and buy mm. something organic. <laughs> and little Bambi was fine. You know, we'd get Bambi running across. You've seen it. We also yeah. have a friend that comes in occasionally.
0: You've got to kill it. It's got to die.
1: Exactly. So, or mur- be murdered, as some might point it out. But that was one thing I did, and there were some cock-ups along the way. But, it, you know, the story ended happily. So, alongside lots of other things, I like to have a go at things which will earn me no money, but will earn me... My own personal education. So beekeeping is one of them. Raising pigs is another. Growing vegetables, <laughs> something I thought I'd never do. My parents used to do it. Because it's boring. It's boring. It's yeah. middle aged and it's boring. Um, learning to paraglide is another. Um, is cycling. that about challenging yourself? Yes. Okay. It's not. Um, it's not for the look who I am, it's purely because it makes me so scared. Which is fun. It is and so much could go wrong but the kids are all old enough now so I don't have to worry about them not being able to Yeah, you know, there's always that cycling on a road around here it's not very safe because people plough mm. along these tiny lanes but I still want to do it so there's, there's, there's risk and um, safety elements in everything you do and risk you just,
0: reward You know, yeah. it's the thing we investors would talk about there's a balance but absolutely. It, it's the same with life always and it is a real real cliche you yeah. hear it all the time but yeah. I see it all the time you know you've got to risk Ah, oh, another cliche is you only regret the things you didn't try not well there the you steps. go I don't
1: want to be that old bird on my bed saying I wish I'd tried paragliding or you know wouldn't it have been lovely if I'd bothered to try stone carving or well, I'm not going all out to become a renaissance woman but I really get a kick from learning new stuff yeah of course it's you know
0: it's the thing I love about being an entrepreneur is there's always challenges there's always stuff you don't expect it's bloody hard and if it's not hard, it's probably, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm. Um, but you, again, going back to that thing, you don't want to make it too hard. <laughs> You've got to find the... There's you know, a happy medium. Medium. There. But going back to the pigs, so, some, so I've long wanted, in a weird way, to kill an animal that I eat. And it's not because I have some sort of weird bloodlust. It's mm. because I have this opinion that if you can't... So, so I've met people who don't want to you just describe the meats in front of them as the animal. Mm. So I've met parents who say, don't call that a cow, it's beef. I'm like, but it, but it is a cow. Oh, dear. And, you know, I, I, I really, slope. for whatever reason, really, really, really gets my goat. And I think that we need to respect the things we eat and respect where they came from and, the, and what has been given to get there. Not in a religious way. I just, you know, it's another, it's another living being. Now, I eat meat and i have i don't have a moral issue with eating meat i do have a moral issue with the way something's reared mm. um i don't want an animal to have a i'm an animal lover as well and i can combine those two and other people as you say couldn't i have no problem with uh, vegans or vegetarians at all i think it's it's a perfectly valid opinion absolutely um and this is something else we can go on to if we get time is is you're allowed to have different opinions to still get on so uh, vegans, vegetarians, meat eaters I can see the problem for vegans because what, they must see meating eating meat as truly horrifying mm. and that is something difficult mm. to get around mm. um, but I eat meat but I eat meat my moral stance is if I can't face that it died and how it died to get on my plate and if I can't face it being butchered I shouldn't be eating it mm. then I'm a coward um, and... Now, I believe that legally you have to be qualified to kill animals.
1: Oh, I didn't kill the pigs. It, I have to tell you that now. OK.
0: I think to slaughter an animal, you have to be qualified to make sure, sure that it's slaughtered I'm properly. I'm sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: But to butcher it... Say, for instance, I've I, so I, I gutted fish, I've prepared fish, but that's pretty soft core. Um, butchering a... Have you butchered a pig, including re- re- removing its organs and its head and yeah. that sort of stuff? Yeah. Did you find it hard?
1: I found it absolutely fascinating okay but the 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 transition from being pig rearer to pig cutter opera was a very strange thing on the day they left to go off the slaughterhouse it was a very local small one i had done a bit of research to find make sure that they would not have to travel too far and within two days these beautiful big black-eared pigs they're called large blacks amongst those who breed them um, were in my local butcher which is a bicycle ride away which is what I did cycled over and he said okay I'll teach you what to do and we both did a pig each and my problem was I thought I was going to see these pigs and I was going to go holy fuck they're black they've got the faces that's the very ear that I scratched I walked into his car bin and there were four halves of my pigs and they were pink so suddenly that link is just removed enough For me to be able to look away that emotional anthropomorphing aspect Hmm. and see them now as meat for my family Mm. and so from that point onwards
0: Did you need that differentiation? I
1: did, I really did because we'd had them for six and a half months Mm. and they'd been adorable and we'd said we'd never give them names but Ellie, who you've just seen run off into the forest she gave them names, Oswald and Harrison and every day she'd go down and pet Oswald and Harrison and and lie alongside them in the the muddy grass and so for her it was a, you know she came round under no pressure from me she came round to realise that actually you know what if you're going to eat meat this was the nicest way of doing it because they had the best life right. and the, the dare I say it the best death that I could find them hmm. and in terms of butchering them with the hugest amount of respect I felt that I was able to do that and so after getting over that it is fascinating because you're looking at these, this, this meat it's no longer an animal you've made that, that leap it's
0: organic tissue
1: it's organic tissue and then your a-level biology comes in to into play and you're thinking now why didn't they let me cut up a pig why was I limited to an earthworm Mm. and a rat I actually went the dogfish route because I was in Cornwall and my mum managed to get hold of a dogfish, that's where you grew up a baby shark yeah and um so that for me was um fascinating so yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And would be very happy to do it again. And I'd probably actually make a few different cuts because there was too much um, meat for roasting and not enough meat for charcuterie. And I mm. really enjoyed using all the bits for charcuterie.
0: I Are you a film lover or watcher?
1: Yeah, definitely a watcher.
0: Have you watched Okia, Okja on Netflix? No. So so it was one of those films that got sort of brought up by netflix so it's sort of lim- audience was limited to an extent and it's about a sort of giant pig that is uh this incredible genetic species artificial gen- genetic species that could be the ultimate pig because there's so much meat on it yeah and um uh and it's really beautiful and wonderful this relationship between the the giant pig and okya and the child in south korea and then it suddenly gear shifts and it ends up uh, in the usa Ooh. and there's a moment at the end and i won't it's not a spoiler but basically there's a really shocking moment at the end where you sort of get to the to z in the journey that's it
1: isn't
0: it yeah okay um, Saved. And it really threw me as a meat-eater, which I think was fantastic. I think I love that in films where they re- make you question things. And I thought, oh, shit. This, you know, it's, it's about slaughter and stuff like that. And, um, and then, I mean, Emma Lou, my wife, talked about it for quite a while. And, and what we decided, and hopefully this isn't post-rationalisation, but is that, uh, is that, first of all, that death was potentially pretty grim but secondly it was a, it was a bad death but secondly mm. um, it was um, that animal mostly had a great life apart from being chased around America but, um, <laughs> um, but 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 this really made us think very carefully about where we got our meat from so we, mm. we eat much less meat than we used to mm. and we, we get our meat to. from a butcher who has discussed with us the provenance of that meat mm. we don't get supermarket meat mm. anymore and if we can't get um, good meat however you define that I suppose I am then um, we don't eat meat I um, haven't applied that to pubs though I've suddenly realised and eat meals <laughs> out I don't ask people where that meat comes from yeah. so that's a bit lazy but
1: I don't know do you know it's difficult to be to adhere to your demands that you make on yourself in a public environment it's so easy and sometimes it's, it's that, I don't know if it's an age thing, but you just have to go, okay, deep breath. Hmm. We can, you know, we don't have to win every internal battle. It's okay.
0: And I think, so this leads neatly back to social media, is um, is it feels at the moment like Twitter particularly. So we're both on Twitter, and I know, I've actually never met you till, till today, but I feel like, you know, sorry, never met you, sat down properly. Yeah, chat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we met in the past very briefly, but is um, we sort of know each other off Twitter and sort of shared interest in creativity and cycling I assume, but 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 I've seen Twitter come from at the beginning very lovely Sort of just uh, it shared interests. Oh, aren't there interesting things in the world? Space to now being very, very shouty, and and it seems I I strongly believe that you've got sort of trolls on both sides, whether you're left or right, or whatever your opinion is, yep. sort of screaming at each other. I mean, in the middle of the majority of people who just either don't engage or just get on with other stuff. And. In the past, I used to be somebody who couldn't let things go. I'd always have yeah. to, you know, uh, have it intersect. Say. Yeah. And so, for instance, you know, we got some pretty soft-core um, trolls uh, with Volpine in the beginning. And I would actually answer everything. I would a- reply and go, actually, no, this is the case. No, we don't do that. And I-, I saw it as quite a positive thing. And if I was polite and explanatory, then I could bring people around. And people just said, you know what, Nick, this is below you. Like my friends would say, just leave it because it's never going to get better. And eventually, at the beginning you get it's just gonna get worse and then it got quite bad when Volpine went pop. Oh. and and what I did was I just ignored it lily climbs all you all over you
1: just because she can smell the meat in my
0: pocket oh yeah so um so what I realized now is if you don't look at it it doesn't exist yeah there um, is that isn't there if you don't know the bear has had a shit in the woods basically Kestrel. um wow oh yes so I haven't you don't see kestrels in my neck of the woods in Somerset um, well, I haven't yet, and it's interesting to see the difference. Um, and a big aeroplane off in the distance as well. We
1: get a lot of those when the Gatwick highlights.
0: Yeah. It's um, still really quiet, though. It is. It's
1: very nice. Um, Wait, carry on. Sorry to interrupt.
0: No, not at all. I'm just meandering on about social media again. but I, I think
1: just move Lily, though. There you go, Lily. So all four feet on the ground.
0: It yeah. feels like the nice sort of... Most people are in the middle, and most people don't really want to shout at each other. It feels like those people are either not on social media, or if they are on social media, they're going to different places, or are waiting to find a different place. And Twitter, it feels like, is sort of spiralling into this ludicrous sort of... I don't know
1: it does feel Plastic. like that it, it doesn't feel nearly as friendly I don't know I think I've been there for seven years maybe more someone's going to tell me more but it's um, it's not a kind place we were going back to kindness again Right. Kind, not clever, because I think we're talking about maybe off
0: off, off the microphone. And
1: yeah. um, how easy it is to be very clever. And I think a lot of people.
0: To win, try to, and win. To
1: win a little battle, no mm. matter how small, because their day doesn't feel like they're winning, maybe. And so they're on Twitter, they. It pick might be up powerlessness or loneliness or. Whatever something. it is, but it motivates them to have a, a rant mm. and to pick up on a tiny little fag end. And usually they haven't bothered to find the trail of conversation prior. So they're grabbing at this little short straw Which really is a short straw Because they're going to Make themselves look very stupid Because they're latching Onto a fact And they're expanding On something which was Wholly unrelated To the original Conversation Or post And um, it's horrible I hate that element And I see it more often Than anything And I'm, I'm a proponent Of good news Because there isn't enough And I don't want to be Bland and um, blind about it But it'd be really nice Not to You know Flick onto Twitter and see the, the 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 sewage outlet that it seems to be mm. at various times of the day.
0: I uh, did a thing earlier this week. I just deleted all of the people I was following, and it wasn't because I didn't care about them. I just thought, you know, it's so hard to sort of pick out. Oh, I may maybe I will unfollow them, and because what I found was my feed inevitably just keeps getting filled with Trump and Ann Coulter and Katie Hopkins, and even though I blocked all these people to try and get rid of them, it They'll still comes still up. Still be there, yeah, and. I don't need that in my life it's taking up too much space in my head uh you know angry fuckwits basically
1: yeah and it's not constructive or happy making
0: no form. and it makes us feel like the world is going to shit and actually for some people the world is going to shit for the majority of us when you look at the you know these grand worldwide statistics yeah there's much much lower rate, rates of um uh, of child mortality um uh, much lower rates of the diseases that kill a lot of people um, uh, you know, people are dying older. Um, There's higher rates of democracy and being able to vote, and all, all the things—the big measures of how the world is going. Mm and obviously there are, there are bigger issues and actually the biggest issue is for me climate change because that's the thing that is really going to fuck us but mm. because of the way people think um, we, we don't think long term, we can't get a grasp on it, whatever the reason is we're not concentrating on that, what we're concentrating on is the very immediate media cycle mm. of we all hate each other mm. and so we're being distracted mm. from the fact that actually most of us certainly if you're listening to this podcast you probably live a quite a nice life and we've all got shit to deal with mm. we all might know someone who's very Or have lost someone or something like that. But but overall, we're not going to war. We're not getting called up to go and fight in Burma or Germany. Absolutely. The things that happen through most of human history, we're we're, we're buying DVDs and worrying about where to shop. And but we're forgetting that because we think it's all fucked because there's so much shouting. You know, even if Brexit happens, we're still gonna be okay not as well as we were probably <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no. but anyway so this yeah. we've lost context and the context now is just this immediate screaming so so I, I just I'm trying to get my life to be more immediate and something you know I'm a real proponent of big hair fan of is, is, um, is Headspace um, uh, you know which is an app and just it's a bit like sort of it's just stopping and breathing and realising that all this crap that's around you is okay and that actually your kids being healthy and the fact you've got food on the table and that you live in a lovely place, which I do at the moment, mm. you know, are the most important things. And, you know, being with someone as long as I have with Emma these are incredible things that I'm very, very lucky to have. So
1: I have to ask you the second question? Yeah. How are you?
0: <laughs> I think I probably answered it in a lot of detail. Another break. Um, as you can tell, I'm not a professional podcast host. I don't know if anyone, well I suppose you become one, and I hope that I get better. At the same time, a lot of the point behind these podcasts is to essentially push an agenda of just being ourselves, and I hope that comes across in the podcasts. And again, that means mistakes, I think that's sort of something I'm thinking about a lot in these intros this week, and um i think it's a lot more genuine and a lot more fun that way i think there's way too much sheen uh in our society and just recording it and then sticking a couple of breaks in uh, is simple and pleasant so hopefully you agree if you find all my ums and stutterings annoying then obviously you just won't listen again um and goodbye and thank you anyway okay back to the action So, I interviewed Al Humphreys, the explorer, yeah. um, recently, and I wasn't in a great place, not mentally, just really exhausted. There's mm. an awful lot going on. Uh, and, I, and I was much less relaxed. I was quite edgy, and I think it come ac- comes across the podcast. But now it's very easy to be relaxed in this location. Um, but also, m- my wife is now working in Bristol instead of London, which makes a huge difference to the family and in terms mm. of sharing I bet. chores and it's just suddenly the pressure valves come off so i'm 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 in a very sort of steady thinking place at the moment because i'm really planning out the jackets are just about to arrive you know Gosh. i've got to do loads of stuff yeah I, I mean I, it's funny I listen when I think about the podcast I never talk about from and the jackets and it's almost like this apologetic British thing about wanting to you know uh
1: well no so here sing we about are. that too much let's sing about it okay go on tell me how many you've had commissioned because you're doing it by commission only aren't you so we you?
0: do it no so what I do is I make 100 of each ah okay and then what i wanted to do was i thought well i used to sell thousand jackets for only selling 100 then i'll just stick them on pre-order um and pre-order's gone really well um might still sell someone when they just arrive don't know yet to see but my problem is that i probably could have sold a lot you know all of them or a lot more who knows but <laughs> the factory do exciting things like they went oh we saved your money so we swapped the zips um, hey
1: that's exactly the whole ethos behind instead the of waiting bucket. for the yeah, ykk
0: zips to God. turn up but admittedly i ordered like super specific ykk stainless steel yeah, laser my husband cut has zips. a
1: button on zips and ykk are oh, as far as he's concerned the ultimate
0: they're good, they're yeah. very good. So well, when
1: you say a hundred of each, are you talking yeah. about like, the same design? You're just in a hundred ones or they're gonna be slightly different in the second one. So the
0: first one it? is util, util, bleh, utility field jacket, which is like was sort of, of everything from September to sort of April um, do it all jacket for urban and countryside and that I made a hundred of that. Once that's gone, it's gone and this depressurizes, is this going back to my life and making things easier, mm. is if you've got a, if I order, say the big sort of seller that got awards and ended up in the design museum, oh no, I'm selling now, it was uh, the Harrington rain jacket for Alpine and we sold, you know, a couple of thousand, three thousand of those a year, or whatever, and the problem is you've got to sell those and if you don't sell them, you've got to get your cash back to buy more stock, you know, because you're on seasons and so you discount it and people start waiting for those discounts and you you know, I, I was aware that we were doing it. People were aware we were doing it. And we'd talk about it. And we oh, and discount. And eventually, you just play the same game as all the other... Yeah, for sure. It's ...clothing a- companies. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that because if you're growing, you don't know how much you're going to sell. So you buy enough stock, a little bit more stock than you think you're going to sell, so you don't lose a sale. The problem with that is you're always going to have stock. You're probably going to have stock left over. But I don't want that from... I want to have... Um, I want to know I've sold the stock. Mm. I want to sell it at full price. I don't want to be discounting because then everything is predictable. I know what my family's income is. I know what's going to happen. I know how much money I need to buy the next set of jackets. I don't have to get investment. It's very, very clear. Um, and all this is predicated to the fact that I do actually sell hundred jackets. If I if I sell ten, 10 jackets, some stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, but that looks like it's not simpler. happening.
1: Oh it's all about God. simplicity Absolutely,
0: and that's the thing I learned from my previous company is yeah. it's all about simplicity find something you're really good at that's different and just nail that and for me just do that on, online because I'm good at e-commerce um, and I'm not good at wholesale and we tried that and you know that ended up being relatively disastrous because we're trying to do something we're not experts in um, so use your expertise and narrow focus on that expertise and do that and and so I did that to the nth degree with From and that's what I'd been thinking about, you know, this time last year, you know, for months was, if I do this again, because I knew, even though I wasn't sure if I was, I knew I was gonna do it again, because I kind of had to. Yeah. From a practical point of view, because I'd learned so much, and from a personal point of view, I, I'm really, <laughs> well, I'm good at the marketing and the, and the product, I clearly wasn't good at the rest, because the company failed, but the, I knew that I could get better, I mean, it, it's bonkers how much I learned in that you know I, I think back to how green I was at the beginning of my first company and, and it's just terrifying but it's pure drive and conviction yeah. you can make it work if you didn't have that you would never start because it's like I can remember somebody saying to me, the first person I ever looked went to for advice and they'd started their own clothing company and they said, Nick, if you knew how hard it was, you wouldn't do it. And now I know what they mean. But now I think, okay, I'm going to make it less hard. It's still going to be difficult. It's still going to be hard work. It's still going to be scary. I can't get rid of some of those things, but I can mitigate it Mm. so that Mm. it doesn't, you know, have the, it's it's not as damaging on my family. It means I can actually see my kids. You know, it's not corrosive for my marriage or for my mental health. So how do I do that? Simple, simple, simple. That's also a good business strategy. And what's great is with my partner, my business partner, Jason, you know, as I said, I speak to regularly, is he's a really good meter for that. He's very sensible, very grown up. He's different from me. He's really, he's much calmer than me. I'm a bit of a sort of... uh, whirling dervish which is a good and a bad thing you know I get carried away and sometimes you just which can be a real asset you know if you really want to drive something But Absolutely. sometimes you just need to stop so, J- so Jason is my sort of marker and he goes no that's a really good idea should do that no stop why are you doing that think about that justify it yeah you you do my wife is my (laughs) my Jason she's always she was great because she'd give me the confidence to do the things I was good at and she she doesn't mess about if she thinks something a stupid idea she'll tell me Um, and I because I respect her and I respect more for saying that I listen to her i really respect jason because he he will give me the shit i deserve
1: so you and jason (laughs) done the first jacket sold them all pretty much good next design
0: um, so the next design. Thank you very much. What a no, nice I person. What well, I want you <laughs> it to do. It feels like you're a stooge. No, what I'm
1: going to do is find a jacket that I can go. I can wear that extra small. and Look good on me.
0: Well, you're getting a jacket anyway. Well, no. sorry, you're not getting jackets. I don't make women's jackets. Sorry. Well, although no, you're, you're welcome that's to wear one. Well, that's but what Mark I was say. I will get I would... a jacket. <laughs>
1: To, to do that, but what I'm saying is, I wear a lot of men's clothes because I've got quite wide shoulders and a non existent back sign, and they kind of
0: you're tall and slim. Up.
1: I'm not tall, but I am slim.
0: You look tall, you're sat down there, so I can't tell. <laughs> I can't
1: but I want, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I've always, always wanted is um, you're gonna think this is really crazy, but I've always wanted and lusted after a well made tweed jacket. Not baggy ridiculous, but something that's fitted mm. that I can I can cycle with to the local pub. So maybe it's vented here a little bit to allow you yeah. to reach round. That I can each re- get, equally get off and not look like I'm a cycling nerd wearing light, Lycra. Yeah. I get teased at the local... Why tweed? Don't know, or a material, wool. Wool will be good. It doesn't have to be tweed.
0: Because you want a, a sort of trad, yeah. traditional British look to it? I or? do
1: want a traditional British look. I want to look like... Um,
0: you want to look like Victoria's a 30s archetype of um, There you go, of cycling okay. Yeah,
1: I don't want to necessarily wear plus fours And a little mm-hmm. careful metal grip around my right leg To stop the chain rubbing Puppy
0: and some daffodils in the, in the basket at the front
1: Definitely, I don't have a basket it's You're not going to get that palette. puppy no, in the basket No, no, absolutely Massive. But the jacket I'm still after
0: So, it's interesting because I'm thinking about next steps so it tweed is really interesting because it's a lot of the fabrics that we've sort of given up on are actually performance fabrics mm. so i really like natural fibers mm. so the two jackets so utility rain jacket uh sorry utility oh, it's, the, <laughs> it's a product i used to make utility field jacket that we're making for fram is uh, waxed cotton but it's it's a washable wax cotton so it's really practical it's it's stick in a washing machine yeah. and it's very very tough it's also breathable and it's rain resistant to a degree it's not waterproof but i really like that i actually like the word compromise because compromise gets you to a really useful place where you can use it for as much of stuff as possible yeah
1: a wider range but it's real
0: it? i really like the this sort of multi-use purpose of jackets i don't like fashion jackets that i can't wear um, in the countryside and i don't like countryside jackets i can't wear to a meeting in london or whatever it might be mm-hmm. i like the mm-hmm. sort of in between place because i usually have one favorite jacket i just wear until it explodes sort of preferably years down the line so that's my sort of ethos but i also really like style the classic style and i really like it's a sort of British aesthetic was why i made a field jacket and the next one is a um Um, uh, oh no I haven't announced it yet so I'm not going to say it but it's different tell me later it does a different thing Um, (laughs) so he's going to
1: tell me later
0: so god I get myself in trouble and then uh, this is just this grand reveal that nobody cares about (laughs) so and then next year we're going to make other jackets and they're all going to be jackets that do different things Mm. for different purposes so Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to make a fully waterproof jacket Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to make a really lightweight summer jacket Um, I haven't thought about a tweed jacket and it, interesting it's just you the say. idea
1: of using an english material that's been no, made like for it. centuries from a lo- you know from a mill and the for me it's, yeah, it's all about really the game it's, a bit, it's the game of finding the the small outfit that makes this material has been making it managed to survive for hundreds of years look at that did you see that
0: was that a kestrel yes Amazing. What was it? What do you think it was going for?
1: I have no idea. Whatever was perched on the side of the, the edge of the wall there. Wow. I have no idea. Yeah,
0: because it's quite flappy, yeah. A kestrel. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the uh, buzzard glides with huge sort oh, of rounds. elegance.
1: Great elegance. And then there's a dragonfly. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. Does a thing entirely different. Amazing. Drone. Um, Probably a drone.
0: So I look, like to try and make these things an hour. How we're we're coming up for an hour, um, Gosh. and so in a bit. So I brought nice foods, and I think you've got some nice foods as well. We're just going to have a little
1: yeah, that of sounds of like a sensible picky idea.
0: lunch it's in, so a, in the best rumbling. way. But um, yeah, cause I, my tummy's rumbling too, and I've got to drive back. Okay, so listen, you have choices. You have choices.
1: you have choices. If you've got three minutes to go, we can either go and say hi to the bees, or we can up to the studio. Or we can just walk very slowly to the table I, to eat?
0: I am. In those, these last minutes, I would like to talk about one subject, and I will would, would describe the bees and the studio, which I'd love to see, and hopefully I could take a couple of photos of um, afterwards, because I always do an intro and outro. Um, I, I don't want it to be too much. But I just wanted... Since we're here in, in a con- beautiful countryside location... So I live in a house on the edge of... Uh, Bath and Somerset, it's a very small garden, but it's a fantastic location uh, because it's just very nice and I can ride straight out the door into the countryside Beautiful. on one side, but I can get into Bath and easily. if you use the... But, but the biggest change, negative change is I lost my business. The biggest positive change in my life over recent years is I moved to Somerset. And I didn't realise how bad it was living in London until I left. And there'll be a lot of London people who love london listening to this uh, and people feel they have to live in london but i we made a really scary difficult choice to move out of london and it's one of those things where we just thought you know what i'm talking about so much we probably should just do it and it, it it's probably the best thing that we've done part of my kids Um, What am I trying to say? I suppose what I'm trying to say is, without pissing anyone off who lives in a city, it's it's fucking amazing living in the countryside. It is.
1: It is. I can't imagine. I love the aspect of I'm 45 minutes away by train into Victoria and I can dip in and I don't have to stay there. I can come home to this. And the sanity. I love London. I used to live in London many, many years ago. But the one thing I really missed was the fact that um, I could just step out and enjoy life for free. It seemed that every weekend when I had no money, everyone else would bugger off out of London and have a fun time. Mm. And I'd be stuck inside my rental bedroom thinking, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Everything mm. costs money. There's parks, of course there's parks, but oh. So now I have the joy of appreciating London and being able to dip into it, but right. I don't have to commit to being there for a long time. And I adore it. I've got lots of gorgeous friends who are ardent supporters of a London life and I, I think it's great for them but it's so not for me
0: right yeah and it's about personal choice and I say so there were a number of factors that made us move out of London there were the obvious ones about just the busyness and um uh, just being it, it feels even more tiring it's expensive I mean we were basically paying we were just basically working to put our kids into childcare. Mm. And once you realise that, Mm -hmm. when you do the maths, you go, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, Um, and it just, I started to lose faith in London and and there were, so one, one was we moved to an area we didn't really want to live in just to get my son into a school. And he didn't get into any schools because everyone else had the same idea because they, everyone was desperately rushing to the cheaper places to, sure. you know, to get sure. their kids in. And so I was like, oh, my God, I might have to be making an hour's trip with my son on a train or a tube to get him into a school. No way. No way am I doing that. Um, it's not fair on him. It's not fair on us. This is bonkers. What on earth is going on? And the other two things were a bit more selfish was first I was diagnosed with asthma. Which, and they said very, very specifically and quite matter-of-factly and almost bored, it's pollution. It's pollution. You're not. There are no other factors which are causing you to have asthma. We've done all the tests. Yeah. You, you ride a bike to and from work. It's pollution. And I just thought it was horrifying. I thought it was so matter-of-fact. That's a really serious health risk. I mean, you know, I ended up in hospital. It's very black a few and white, times. isn't it? It's not like it might be. And that just scared life out of me. And we lived near a big motorway. So we were getting a lot. You know, you look at the pollution maps and we were right on the edge of it. And I thought, what about our kids? So That was a big factor. Mm. And the other one that really did for me was whenever I went to see my wife's family in Lancashire or, you know, wherever we go around the country, country, nobody would give me shit on a bike. I know that you've just said, you know, it can be a bit hairy around here and I've experienced that particularly in the South East. But, you know, and I don't want to sort of pin down areas, but in Somerset, I've never, ever had grief, Mm. ever for Mm. riding a bike. And that really freaked me out. The first few months I was riding a bike in that Somerset, I could not believe it. And I can remember coming back from a short trip to Devon and having a really lovely time riding my bike and coming back. And the first ride I did had three incidents where three people tried to run me off the road like the father of two small children you know somebody trying to drive their vehicle into me on the same ride which was two hours long and i just thought fuck this yeah you know what on earth is going on what is this aggro and i think it's just this boiling I, again i don't want to slag off london but you know it can be this boiling need to get to places because we're all so busy and we're desperate mm, to mm. grab time and you know to do things and so you, common decency and, and empathy starts to get lost and you see that on the tube people jostling and pushing and
1: your priorities have massively changed absolutely and you're you're at the um, you're at the mercy of someone who's in either a good mood or in a hurry because most
0: people most drivers and I'm a driver you know are really lovely and do care about cyclists mm. but you just get that that little percentage instead of it being 0.5% it becomes 5% yeah. aggro. Yeah. and that's enough to make a big difference and make it scary mm. and and I've always been a very confident cyclist not because I'm good at it just because I've done it for so long that I'm very comfortable on a bike mm and I started to feel really edgy about being on a mm-hmm. bike and I just thought well that's never happened to me before you know and that and the cycling's such a big part of my life I just
1: thought well and also you can't oh. let your kids have to experience it kids are a great opportunity to reassess one's personal values and yeah. you know we all do it of course and as they reach each particular age and sort of phase of their growing up it, it really shakes you quite a lot because you realize that so much of what you've been predisposed to think and view is completely wrong mm. is out the window and you have to reconsider and that's okay that's all right
0: I um realized my phone is in the sun it'll probably explode in a second and stop working but um <laughs> I um used to take my son to nursery in the trailer on the back of my bike and then I'd ride my mountain bike to the office and on the way I'd have Lily in the back as well and I'd go look over Wimbledon Common and she'd run alongside me and it was like the perfect commute. I absolutely loved it. Take the boy, take the dog, you know. Beautiful. Li- live the cycling life as I'm supposed to, you know, with this company, it's a cycling cycle company. And then I just... Really bottled it because I just thought if a car hits that trailer, mm. oh my god! Mm. I can't. Even though I'm, you know, determined not to be scared, I can't allow that to happen. A totally different. Perspective and you just, I just other had people to
1: stop. Involved. Yeah,
0: um, but now i don't have that and i take my kids in the trailer and uh and bounce bikes? around so <laughs> my <laughs> wife ask, is I. really embarrassed for me she's like nick you're a cyclist and your boy can't even ride a bike yet so he 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 just loves running he's really good at running he loves running and that's great and he doesn't have the patience the interest to particularly learn to ride a bike yet and that's fine so no he's on stabilizers and for me that's cool my daughter who's just turned three is really into it and I get the feeling she'll do it quicker but I guess something else I'm still learning and you hear from parents who've got older kids is that Mm kids just do it in their own time they really so. do
1: jolly our son took forever and i think all his mates were cycling before him but he was just you know in his own time and it was completely fine but i do remember the day that we all went out on bicycles together wow first time ever it was just the swell of pride and enjoyment you get of being able to do a group activity with you all equally participating and buzzing for their own love of it it was down in Cornwall it was doing something really really basic we'd all rented bikes to do a route from a place called Weybridge to Padstow and then have fish and chips and that was the promise it was I think it's 7 miles there and 7 miles back so I yeah. said Jolly you're going to be on a bike." quite hilly mate. though isn't it flat. Oh, it's, okay. it's a bicycle trail that's laid for tourists. It's it's perfect. Except there are lots of dogs wandering around so you can have a few sort of moments of collision <laughs> which did actually happen on the day. But I remember there were tears streaming down my face and they were saying, why are you crying? I said but we're all on bicycles together. And there was Jolly. I, I made sure I was at the back of the crew. Jolly was weaving all over the place like. a. a How old and, were, was the youngest one? So Jolly was eight I think. Right. Eight maybe, coming on nine and he cycles all the time he loves it now but that was his moment he really was like i'm gonna do it he's absolutely mm. working i've got video footage of him driving around my parents lawn and then straight into a rose bush <laughs> so many times and his little oh. face was rigid with concentration but he got it but it was what he wanted to do in his own time Pretty and it was, it, was it, it was fine
0: and that's the thing about cycling this isn't the cycling yeah. podcast uh but it often goes back to cycling because people love cycling yeah and a lot of the people i know love cycling because cycling is such a joyful independent thing to do
1: it's it, an independent i think it's a, for a kid it's the first taste of being yeah. mobile and independent from your parents yeah definitely and um, it's you know fantastic for them I'm, you know get very excited Just looking behind us, there's a plant called Verbena bonariensis. We forget the name, but we grow it for bees and butterflies. Oh yeah! And it's literally look at the butterflies. Can you see them? Wildlife going on all around.
0: There is. I should feel like I should get some Foley sound of the butterflies flapping their wings, but I don't think the iPhone will stretch to that. My dog Lily is now lying on her back, growling at your dog. Who is sniffing her And this has pretty much Been the sort of ballet They've been playing For the last couple of hours um, it's, very it's very efficacious kink. From both of them Isn't it actually It's um, There you go It's very sexy For a couple of ladies Why not yes. um, Right On that note um, we We're that going to say day? Bye to the doggies And have something to eat yeah. And actually continue <laughs> To finish the podcast And you go Well see you then Whatever We got to eat yeah, Managed to get on Good <laughs>
1: Well, come on in. Let's go, um,
0: Well, uh, thank you very much for um, for having me.
1: Oh, it's been a pleasure, Nate. Real pleasure. I'm so glad the weather turned out, right? Because it would have been inside, around the table, freezing our asses off.
0: Cool. All right. Bye, podcasties. Never Bye. know what to say at the end of these things. Ta-ra. Wasn't that great? I hope you thought it was great. I thought it was great. Um, got a bit lost there on the whole luck, make your own luck thing. Um, but I guess that's real talking and thinking in it because sometimes you get a bit lost but um, brought it back eventually um, really hope to spend more time chatting to Anna uh, geographically little bit tricky um, but uh, what a cool person uh, you might be thinking why on earth would we talk to a woman when we don't make women's jackets um, because she's a person and this is all about uh, exploration exploration involves lots of different people lots of different opinions uh, and places in the world and just mainly just interesting nice people and that's what she is. So uh thank you very much to David as ever for um, his editing and production skills um and thank you very much for listening. Please do share this podcast if you enjoyed it. That would be lovely. Uh, give a review if you liked it. Maybe don't review if you didn't like it, but that's probably a bit naughty. You should review it anyway. Uh, and I'm rambling I've been Nick Hussey. I still am Nick Hussey. Goodbye.